Okay, so good morning again. Um, it's always a real pleasure for me to come back to Southside um, because this is where I grew up. And uh, yeah, it's always, I mean, Ben's already said it, but I also want to say it myself just to thank you all for your continued support. Um, and even for the many prayers, I'm sure, that's been prayed for us, even when I was young and throughout, um, we greatly appreciate it. And it's always, it's really nice. I've been walking along an air. It's always a bit surreal because like I'm walking these ways that I used to walk as a teenager and with my friends and now I'm pushing my children around. So it's a bit surreal, but it's really nice. And it's really nice to bring them to Scotland and say, this is where I'm from. And so we had a tour. We even went past my old house. <laughs> That's where I lived. I don't think they really cared, but I cared. Um, yeah, so... It's always exciting as well for me to watch that video again um, because, as Ben said, since YWAM in Durban was founded in 2003, we've been praying for a property. And since I've been there, you know, we've always been hoping. And um, it's just really exciting whenever I watch it. You know, we're there most days when we're at home. But to actually, sometimes it's just that moment again when you watch it and you go, wow, God, you're amazing. But that if we've been hoping and praying for this for so many years, and, and now it's here. But, you know, even there's been a lot of change because of this property as well in us as a team um, in Durban. And I think all change, good or bad, can bring challenges, and it can be quite unsettling. And so for, for some of us on the team, it was quite an unsettling time. And as Ben said, it really challenged us as leaders, um, and I think last year was definitely one of the most challenging years we've had on, in Durban. But during that time, we had the pleasure of being able to attend a leadership seminar in, with Youth with a Mission in Cape Town. And so we never really refuse uh, a trip to Cape Town. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and so we went, and um, as part of that um, seminar, we also had a conference. It was called the DNA Conference. Um, and it's basically the heart and the values and the stories behind Youth with a Mission. And after being in the mission, we've, this is our ninth year. Um, it has, when you hear those stories now, it has a different, it can hit you in a different way. Sometimes when you start out, you're not as attentive because you don't have the experience and you're also younger, you don't know how long you're going to be there. I mean, I thought I was going to be in YWAM for six months <laughs> and eight years later, I'm still there. Um, but what was also amazing was Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, who are the founders of Youth With Their Mission, were also there. And it was just amazing to actually sit under them and hear their stories and about how this movement had started. And actually, what, what actually impacted me the most is when I look at them, they're so humble, but they're also just ordinary people. And they're ordinary people who heard God they obeyed, they stepped out in faith, and they didn't give up. And this was actually the main principle that came through throughout the whole conference. And there's other leaders there who'd pioneered different things globally. And it all came down to, we heard about God, we stepped out, and we just didn't give up. And um, that really impacted us. And what we realized is that's what's basically caused Youth with a Mission to become what it is today. So... Youth with a Mission, globally, is currently working in 1,100 locations, is in 180 countries, 
and there are over 18,000 full-time volunteers. So it's amazing. And this is simply because people just heard, they obeyed, and they didn't give up. So this morning, I want to share um, mainly from my own experiences and also this through the story of Gideon in the Old Testament, how we learn to hear, obey, and not give up. So the story of Gideon is found in the book of Judges. And it's a period of time between the prophetic leadership of Moses and Joshua and the establishment of a monarch, uh, the monarchy in Israel. And I don't know if you've read Judges, but it's quite an intense book. <laughs> it's an intense book of stories. Um, and sometimes you think, wow, is this really in the Bible? <laughs> because it's just not what you would expect. Because it's incredibly messy, it's incredibly complicated. And um, what we realize as we read through it is it's just a cycle of human sin that creates these problems. Judges 17.6 encapsulates the problem. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And we see this continual decline into idolatry. And by the end of the book, Israel has just become like its neighboring um, nations are just um, worshipping foreign gods. But despite Israel's choices, we see throughout Judges that God raises up judges um, to basically rescue Israel. And a judge is not what we would consider today in those times. Um, it's not in the legal sense, but it's basically a rescuer. And he would raise up specific judges at specific times to, for specific purposes. And the story of Gideon, it takes place after Israel has been under the oppression of the Midianites for seven years. But despite this, it's due to their basic rejection of God. Despite this, in God's grace, he raises up Gideon to rescue them. So this morning, I want to focus on that part of the story where God calls Gideon. So I'm going to read from Judges 6, 11 to 16. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. So the first thing that we read here is the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And the first thing that Gideon does is question God. In verse 13, we read, Gideon asks, but sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And Gideon's basically asking, 
are you really with us? Because he's looking around him and he's saying, it doesn't look like it. It looks like you've abandoned us. It looks like you've handed over, us over to the Midianites. He's like, what's going on? What he's really doing is that he's questioning God's character and he's asking, can I trust you? And I know for me, in my own journey, there's been many times where, especially when I'm about to step out into something different or something I believe God's calling me to do, and I've asked, but God, can I trust you? So when I went to South Africa, um, the very first time, it was in 2009, I was in my mid-twenties, and I really believed that God was calling me to write and to go and write stories of... um, women in a community that the base was working in. We still work there. And I was going to write and give them a voice. Um, But I remember before I went, it was such a big step. Because really what I wanted to do was I wanted to go and study to become a teacher. That's what I wanted because I felt security in that. But I remember clearly God saying to me, no, we're going to do this my way. Didn't know what my way was, and I was—I have to say—I did feel nervous. I was afraid. I'd never been to South Africa. It wasn't even on my radar. I didn't. It wasn't somewhere I even thought about going. Um, and so I went through this whole time of questioning and asking, saying, "God, can I trust you? Can I trust you to protect me?" And in South Africa um, doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to safety, and there's a lot of crime. And um, I was asking, "Can I trust you?" And I also was asking, can I trust you to provide for me? Because I want to go and be a teacher and earn my own money. (laughs) But he was saying, no, I'm going to provide for you. Because everyone in um, Youth with a Mission um, is self-funded, or as Nick said, God-funded, really. Um, And so these were serious questions for me. And what I was really wanting to know, actually, was how things were going to look, how everything was going to pan out. I wanted to know what it looked like. But I didn't get any of those answers. What I really got was God speaking to my heart, and it was a still small voice saying, you can trust me. You can trust me. And it got to the point where I had to either listen to my own fears or say, okay, God, I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to step out. And what I've discovered is the more I have stepped out, doesn't mean that everything looks like I would like it to look or it doesn't have its challenges, but as I've stepped out, I've grown to know him more. And every time he calls me to step out again, I know that I can trust him. And so it's, and I, I know that if I had never stepped out in the first place, I wouldn't have grown to know him in the way that I do now and to know that I can trust him and that he will carry me through. And as I say, that was in 2009 and I'm still there. <laughs> um, But in the story, Gideon is also allowing his circumstances and his experience to dictate who he believes God to be. And I think this is often true for us. We look at what's going on around us and we don't always have the big picture. And it causes us to question God and his character because of what we see around us and instead of listening to what he's actually speaking to us. Because the truth is, God had not abandoned them. They had actually abandoned him. Um, And this is a real reason why they found themselves in those circumstances. So the first thing that Gideon does is question God. The second thing that Gideon does is he questions himself. He questions his ability and he questions his identity. In verse 15, he asks, O Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. 
So Gideon clearly doesn't agree with God's selection process. And to be truth, honest, I mean, his credentials aren't that great. So when we, the angel of the Lord comes to him, he's hiding. He's threshing wheat in a wine press, which is not what you do. And so he's hiding from God. He's hiding from the Midianites. And it's not what we would say is a mighty warrior. It's not what we would consider him as being fearless. However, it's a relationship with God that will make him into a mighty warrior. And this is a prophetic statement where God is shaping and naming him for what's to come. And you know, what I've realized as well is sometimes the qualities that we have that we think disqualify us are exactly what is needed for God to accomplish a task. So even from this small piece of scripture that we've read, we can see that Gideon cared about the low place of Israel. He wasn't happy with what he saw and he, he, he felt for his people. He knew that God had done great things in the past. He talks about his ancestors. He told him about them delivering them from Egypt. And he wanted to see these miracles again. He had faith to see them. And he was also willing to ask the difficult questions. You know, sometimes we don't think we should ask the questions or, you know, God is God. But sometimes you need to ask those questions to really bottom out, what do I believe? What do I believe about who God is? And um, it just gets us to the point where we actually feel more ready to step out. So once we've heard God, what stops us from stepping out? So I think one of the biggest reasons is often the task just looks way too big. We look to ourselves and we look at the task. And I know that this is often how I felt. It's like we want to feel ready. We want to feel equipped before we take that step. We want to know we have all that it takes to do it. But my experience is that God mostly calls us well, I think always calls us to do things that are way bigger than us and that we cannot do alone. So Ben said a little bit about the property. And um, I just shared a bit from my perspective. Is, you know, we've been waiting for this property for a long time. And we've heard stories of God providing properties, even within YWAM for bases all over the world. And we just had faith. We're like, okay, we know that in your timing, it'll come. And we actually had a word that last year would be the year that we've received the property. And as Ben said, we'd been to many places. People would phone us and say, there's this place, would you want to come see? It might be great for YWAM. And we'd go, and we'd often go as a staff team, because we also believe that we hear, we hear God in community. And then um, we would go, and it was just, it just never, sometimes the property was amazing. It looked great. It had everything that you think it should have. But we just like, no, this isn't right. God does not, this doesn't feel like God is leading us here. But when it came to this property, as Ben said, he went down. He was almost was like, no, I'm not, we've seen so many properties. Like, I don't, and I was like, no, maybe you should just go. And he didn't really say much to me when he got back until he said, do you want to come see it with me? So then I knew that there was maybe something in it. It's not, normally he wouldn't take me back if he wasn't interested. So we went down and I remember just driving onto it and I was just like, this is it. And I remember we went as well as an eldership and I just had this sense of this is home. Just inside me, I was like, this is home. And I could see young people all over the property, just in my mind's eye. I could see them all there gathering, being equipped, being restored and being sent out. And it was really, really exciting. And it still is exciting. But there's that moment where you're excited. You're like, wow, God is doing this. And then the reality hits. <laughs> and it's like, okay, before, up until this point, we didn't really have much overheads as a mission in Durban. 
all of a sudden we realized that every month we were going to have to sign a contract and say we're going to raise enough money. And we didn't have any money. <laughs> and so we were just like, okay. And you had to get to this point where the task is big. We felt so inadequate. We didn't have the skills. We didn't know how we were going to do this. But we got to the point, I remember Ben and, us, ben and myself having a conversation and saying, I'd rather risk and step out and get it wrong and stay where I'm at. Because that's not who we believe God is calling us to be. We know that he asks us to do things that are look way bigger than we imagine that we can do. And so we also realize as well that God never calls us to do it alone. And as Ben said, we've had people, since we've taken that step and decided to do it, people have just come. They've helped. We've had lawyers. We've had people just offering their help. And every month we've managed to raise the finance to, to pay for it. And it's just been incredible. And I imagine if we hadn't stepped out, even though the task looked so big, we wouldn't have experienced God's miracle, his God's provision. And you know, the task also seemed too big for Gideon. You know, he was to defeat the Midianites, who he was hiding from. And the thing God tells Gideon is to go in the strength that he has. Because Gideon's potential, realized or not, alone is never sufficient. And neither is ours. God is the one who empowers us to accomplish the task he calls us to do. So we stepped out in the strength that we had and we have watched God provide and we trust and believe that he's going to continue to do so. And you know, Gideon is just one of many we read about in the Bible who are called, not who we think should be called and God always chooses the unexpected. And I think that we need to focus on who God is and not who we are. God only needs our availability, our obedience, and faith in his ability. Gideon did not need more self-confidence. He needed more God-confidence, and the same is true for us. So we've heard, we've obeyed, but how do we not give up? Because it doesn't always look like we expect. Sometimes, okay, rather all the time, it can get tough. We face challenges, and this can lead us to question whether God has asked us to do it in the first place. Or even like Gideon, he says, have you left us? We start to question ourselves, and we start to question God's character. I know there have been many times along my journey with God, especially with going to South Africa, where I thought, God, if you've called me to do this, why is it so hard? And this is where it's so important to go back to the beginning. It's important to know that God has sent us and we go back to the original word. So as we said, last year was quite a challenging year for us as leaders. And um, thankfully we got to go to Cape Town. And there was just this moment where we'd been have, I'd been asking a lot of questions and we were in a worship session at this conference. And I remember just God speaking to my heart and saying, I have called you. It's not a mistake here in Durban. And, you know, other people can tell you that. And you can see other people, like, and see how, yeah, I, I can understand why God's called them to do that because they've got so much leadership qualities. And I can see often why they've called, I can compare myself with Ben because he's different from me. But, and sometimes I've often thought that I'm just leading with Ben by default. But when God spoke that to my heart, I just, it gave, it gave me this whole new perspective. I realized that he had called me and 
I gave me a renewed strength to go back and to keep going. And it actually gave me the understanding that God had called us both together and that actually I had things that I needed to step up to the plate and give and not to hold back. And it was actually unfair and Ben to be leading in the way that he had by himself. So God is always faithful to reaffirm his calling. And, you know, at times we ha- I have felt inadequate But I have to consider that God's word, what he's calling me to do, and the testimony of his spirit is higher than how I feel. And I also trust that God is growing me along the way. There's always also sometimes a belief that if God has called us to do something, it will be easy to achieve, or that because he has called us, we won't face any challenges in our family, in our health, or even our finances. But there may be challenges and there often is and sometimes it it helps us to grow and trust in God in new ways and um, to really rely on him but also what I do know is he always promises to be with us and it's the same assurance he gave to Moses and it's the same assurance that Jesus gives to us as believers we also need to surround ourselves with people of faith so later in the story of Gideon God basically wants them to drastically reduce this army so that they can defeat the Midianites. But it's so that they don't take the glory to themselves and say, oh, look, we're so amazing. Look what we did. We defeat the Midianites and then forget that actually God is the one who rescued them. But I also thought it was interesting because part of who he asked the Gideon to send home was the people who were fearful. And what I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we don't feel fear. I can testify to the fact that often I feel afraid a lot. But it's do I come under that spirit of fear or do I look to God and in faith um, go ahead with what he's called me to do? And I think what's really helped us is having people around us who is, have really spoken faith they've, into our lives and told us, basically pointed us back to God and saying, we believe God's called you and he will accomplish it through you. So as I bring things to a close this morning, You know, there's many things that God calls us to do. But I don't want us to go away this morning thinking it's just about what we do. Because the first thing that God ever calls us to is relationship. And you know, I think for many years, I had it all wrong. I was constantly worrying about what is God calling me to do? What's my, what's the thing that I must do for you? And in fact, all those years, really what he was saying is, I just want to, to know you first. I'm calling you into a relationship with me. And that's the foundation for everything that we do. And the most amazing thing is, is that we get to have this relationship with God because there was one who heard, there was one who obeyed, and there was one who um, didn't give up to the point of death on a cross. And unlike Gideon, who in his human weakness delivered Israel for a period of time, Jesus came And he rescued us all once and for all. And this is an amazing truth. And I think the more I have been on this journey with God, the more it impacts my heart over and over and over again. The fact that he loved us so much, that even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he asked God, please let this cut pass from me, he obeyed. He knew the pain that he would go through, but he chose to obey the will of the Father for the joy of a restored relationship with us. It's all about relationship. 
And I think this morning, I'm sure that this message um, will meet us all at different places. But one thing I just want to leave you with is ultimately, it is all about relationship for every single one of us here. And maybe this morning, God is calling you into relationship for the first time. Maybe he's calling you back to him. Or maybe he's calling you deeper. And I'd encourage you to listen and in faith take a step towards him because he is always faithful to meet you where you are. And to remember that it begins and ends with Jesus. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I just want to end and pray for us. Father God, I just, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you call us first into relationship with you. And Father, I just pray for everyone here that whatever you're speaking to their heart, whatever they are, whatever this message meets them, they would just have the courage and the strength to step towards you, um, to have faith, to hear you, to obey and not give up. Amen.